0: I'm pulling my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay. After many years, I finally get to start talking about Infinity, So I'm very excited. Um, so, Unfinity, for those that somehow are not aware, uh, is the fourth unset. Um, so, way back in 1996, uh, Bill Rose and Joel Mick came to me with an idea. They said... We had this idea for this set with a different border that's not tournament legal. See what you can do with that. And they gave it to me, and I ended up turning that into the unsets. The idea, it it was something that just, A, had a humor element to it that, you know, played around in space that normal Magic couldn't play around, Uh, and Unglued did a lot of things that have later actually made their way to Magic. It had four land for the first time. It had token creatures for the first time. Uh, it had multiplayer play for the first time. You know, it did a lot of things that have gone on to become something that magic does do, but at the time was a little out there. Uh, and so the unsets have become a place for us to sort of push boundaries and try different things. So uh, in 19... Uh, or not sorry, 2000... What was it, 2006? In 2006, I made Unhinged. Uh, and then in 2017, we made uh, Unstable. Uh, and then there was a product uh, a few years later called Unsanctioned. That was a box set that we made 15 new Uncards for. So that had some Uncards in it. Uh, and then finally, we came to Infinity. So basically, most Unsets have been a struggle to get made in the sense that the, the first one, no one quite knew what it Unglued, I, I got to make. And no one really got in my way. Uh, I then made a, a set called Unglue 2 that got put on my hat. It's got designed, put away, never made. Uh, Unhinged took eight years to get made, and it was a struggle. Unstable took 13 years to get made, and it was even more of a struggle. But Unstable came out, and uh, it was very popular. It got reprinted four times. Uh, so getting to make Infinity was one of the first times ever, at least for, a non, for not the, the first of the kind. Uh, it was the first time that I was able to make the set without a major struggle, Mostly, people said, um, "Okay, go ahead. You know, make make it," uh, which was a different experience for me. Um, so basically, what I was what, what we decided was we we're going to put on Infinity four to five years after Unstable, and they sort of said to me, "What do you want to do? What do you want to make?" Uh, and so it was really up to me to sort of figure out the the essence of what I wanted. Oh, oh, the other important thing to the story. I guess I, I should mention this is. Um, When we were making Infinity, I went and talked to Aaron Forsyth, who's my boss, and I said, Aaron, I would like to do something I've never done before. I would like to lead this product from the very beginning of the product to the very end of the product. I would like to lead design the whole way through. Um, Now, normally this isn't something we do. We tend to divide into two. One person does the early part of the process, one does the late part of the process. Um, Obviously, I'm the early part of the process guy. uh, But... uh, Unglued and unhinged. I was well. Unglued. I led sort of all the way through. There was there wasn't development or anything of it. Um, unhinged. I kind of led most of the way through. Although there was a point at which um, Randy Bueller was on the team, where you know I, I listened to what Randy was doing. Um, unstable. I had a handoff, meaning I did the design and then handed off for development. I went through a couple different people. Uh, Billy Moreno did some. Dave Humphreys did some, Ben Hayes did some, so it was a bunch of different people that did the second part. But anyway, I was really interested in actually seeing the product from the very beginning to the very end, which, like I said, in previous unsus- I sort of did elements of this, but not, not in the official capacity I wanted to do this time. I wanted to, so I had never done set design, for example. I've done lots and lots of vision designs, plenty of exploratory designs, I've never led set design, and I wanted to lead set design for the first time. Anyway, I got signed up from Aaron. He said I could do that. Uh, His only caveat was I needed to have a play designer on the set who I listened to very carefully as he was aware that play design is not my strong suit. Um, And at the time, it was an unset and no one would ever play it. Um, Or not no one. People who like playing unsets would play it. But uh, in tournament play. No, it wouldn't be in tournament play. So the playtesting wasn't quite as crucial. Um, But as you will see, uh, the set ended up having some cards that are, are going to be outside of just purely casual play. Um, okay, so I started by saying, what, what exactly did I want this to be? So what I did with Unstable was I took a structure that had been very popular in normal magic, which was the faction structure. Um, and so I made a faction set. There were five factions. Uh, they ended up being ally-color factions based on... One of the factions kind of had to be the Steam pluggers, uh, based on that we were bringing back contraptions. And that kind of got us to red-green. It just didn't make sense in red-white or red-blue. Or red-black, really. So, anyway, we ended up doing ally factions. Um, but it was a faction set in the way we do faction sets. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a little bit different in certain ways. We didn't give a mechanic per faction, but not all faction sets have a mechanic per faction. Anyway, we made a faction set. That's what we did. So we're sort of like, okay, we're doing a brand new unset. What do I want to do with this unset that is something we know that has been successful, but we've never done it in an unset? And so the idea that I won, I mean, the thing that came to mind real quickly was to do what we call a top-down set. Um, a good example of a top-down set might be Indistrad or Throne of Eldraine or um, Pharos you know, you take something that it's a known quantity, gothic horror, fairy tales, Greek mythology, and sort of do do magic's take on it. Um, and so, so Dawn Mirren had been my art director for Unstable, and we worked really well together. She really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We liked to work with each other. And so it's pretty clear, I mean, Dawn, as soon as there was another unset set up, Dawn signed up to do it. Um, and Dawn was very excited. So I went to Dawn, and I said, Dawn, here's my idea. I really would like to do a top-down set, um, but I want to pick something that I, we just don't think we're going to do in normal Magic. So something that sort of pushes boundaries a little bit. Um, and so we went off, and it's what basically I said to Dawn is, okay, let's take a little time. You think of what you want to do. I'll think what I want to do, and we'll come back. So when we came back, Dawn said that she was interested in pushing into other genre space because uh, that's something that Magic at the time really hadn't done. Um, uh, so, j- just so people are aware of the timeline of this, um, we started, as soon as Unstable came out and was successful, we started doing preliminary work on it. We we didn't, the preliminary work lasted a while. We didn't get into the main design for a little bit, but um, when I'm talking about me talking to Dawn, this is super early. So, I don't even know if Universes Beyond was a concept yet. Um, Or maybe it was in its early talking, maybe. Um, But anyway, we really, um, at the time, was like, okay, you know, it'd be fun to sort of push another genre space. Um, And I think Dawn was really intrigued, not just by the genre space itself, but sort of a, a particular take on it. And she was infatuated by the idea of retro science fiction. So for those that are unaware um, in the 1950s 50s, um, 60s um, there was this push of people kind of trying to imagine the future um, but it was a really uh, it, it was a very stylized look of the future that was very endemic of the way the 1950s captured the future and Dawn was really interested in creating a Uh, Set that had that sort of... The future through the eyes of the past might be the best way to describe it. Um, It was a very stylized look that came from a particular time period. And so she was very interested in the idea of doing retro science fiction. Meanwhile, um, I had always really wanted to do something with circuses. In fact, in the third grade designer search, we did a top-down design, and I sort of said... Man, I want to do circuses forever. I don't. I, I guess I don't think we're going to do them. And I gave a challenge with a circus theme, if you guys remember Dinosaurs Three. Um, so I, w- I was really interested in sort of. Uh, I love the idea of taking a genre space that people knew well, and uh, circuses are something that both they exist, and uh, I mean in real life they exist, and they show up a lot in and. In, um, Pop culture, Like, the, there, there's a lot of circus archetypes that are pop culture circus archetypes. Um, I then realized that circus was probably not enough. We need to fill up a whole set. So we expanded from circus to amusement park to carnival. Uh, they, those all kind of blend together. Uh, and so I went to Don with this idea of this circus plus. Um, and what we realized is Don's idea and my idea, uh, while they were very different ideas had some ability to blend together. What if we did a circus slash amusement park slash carnival that was done through the lens of retro science fiction? Uh, And that's when we came up with the idea uh, of um, the Astratorium. Uh, It's uh, Myra the Magnificent's Intergalactic Astratorium of Fun, I think is the official name of, of it. So the Astratorium, the idea was it's a bus of spaceships that are the park that can travel from world to world. And so the idea is, it's a traveling sort of space carnival, if you will. Uh, the center of it is a big top, so there's there's a circus there, but there's it's an amusement park. There's rides, there's games. You know, there, they, it sort of had everything. And the nice thing about um, that excited me about circus, circus amusement park carnival is there are lots and lots of trope space to play in. There are a lot of cards that Magic had really never touched upon. Um, Magic had, by the way, dipped its toe a little tiny bit into circus with Rakdos. Uh, that Rakdos on Ravnica uh, were performers, and there's a little bit of a very, really dark circus that they performed. Um, one of the things that we want to do, and this is just the nature of unsets in general, was we want to be fun and light. Like One of the things, so the philosophy for unsets have been since the very beginning, there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum from very serious magic to very sort of lighthearted magic. Now, it's fine that if you want to be very serious about it and compete and... Like, we have an entire Pro Tour and World Championship and, and and sanctioned events. Like, if you want to go play Magic and see if you're the best and play really seriously, you can. That exists. That's something Magic has access to. But the other end of the spectrum, the idea of I can just hang out with my friends and have fun and I can just... It can be a social experience. It can be something where... You know, it's not that you don't try to win. It's not that winning isn't something that you don't aim for, maybe. But it's all about sort of, I'm enjoying the time with my friends. Um, And I really, I wanted to make sure that Magic was, had expressions for all those different aspects. And at the time I made Unglued, we were launching the Pro Tour, and there's all this stuff pushed towards series play that I really wanted something that pushed toward casual play. Um, and the unsets have always been that other end of the spectrum. Like, one of the things, for example, with unsets is, I love the idea as a designer, well, what can I do that's normally off-limits, but not necessarily here? A great example is, there's a lot of space in the rules where the audience will understand it. It's not complicated. You know, I can explain the rule to you, and you can play it correctly, but the rules technically have a problem with it. Last Strike is a great example that showed up um, in—actually, yeah, Last Strike showed up in—originally in Unstable. Uh, We do have a card with Triple Strike uh, in Unfinity. Anyway, the Last Strike is one, one of those things where it's not hard to explain to people Last Strike. The idea is the opposite of First Strike, that if I have Last Strike, it happens after sort of normal strike, if you will, Um, But the problem is making it work in the rules is very complicated and would cause a lot of problems for rewriting the rules. Now, if Last Strike was something we think we do on lots and lots of cards, maybe we'd be willing to rewrite the rules. To stick on a handful of cards, not worth it. But it's something people can understand and that there's a lot of stuff that falls in that space that it's fun, you know, or even messing around with verbal components, dexterity components, outside assistance. There's a lot of fun things that are fun that, like, in a tournament might be problematic. But, you know... Sending around to your friends is not problematic. So that's another thing is that there's just a lot of open space and things that we can do. Um, and on top of that, UNSETs have always been us pushing boundaries and trying to do things that are a little farther than the normal set, that we can push things a little more. Okay, so I know that we're going to do a retro science fiction space carnival amusement park. I know that before Exploratory begins. Um, Dawn and I both say, okay, that sounds like a cool idea. The one other idea that I had before design even began was we had done we do what we call a hackathon. So a hackathon is when we stop doing magic for a week, our normal magic, and we work on a project. We divide into teams and work on a project for a week. Um, we did, for example, a hackathon on supplemental sets. And both uh, Modern Horizons and Jumpstart came out of the, that hackathon. Um, we did a hackathon on future design space and keyword counters and uh, some of the punch-out technology. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of things that came out. So we do hackathons, we explore stuff, things come out of them. So one of the hackathons, I think for the supplemental set one, we looked at... So there's a series of games called Legacy Games where you play a game and they're usually existing games that already exist, but there's a version now that when you play the game, you modify the cards as you're playing, and then in future playing, those cards are forever changed. That you might, you know, uh, like you'll put stickers on a card. So that, that card, in, in, let, let's say on, in game two, you sticker a card. Then in game three, and game four, and game five, all future games, that, that sticker card is just what the card does now. Meaning things can change, that the game can change over time. And usually a legacy game, you play it a certain amount of times. Like, it's, it's an experience. It's meant to be played ten times, and, you know, the first game, this change happens. Second game, that change happens. And it's an experience that things change over time. And so there was a team exploring the idea of Magic Legacy. Um, and so they were playing around with stickers. And then there was a different hackathon where we played around with stickers in a different way. But anyway, um, and I was on that team. The, the first team... I saw their work, but I wasn't on the team. And the second team, I was on the team. So, um, and um, there was a product. D&D did a product, I believe. um, Or or one of the D&D board games. Anyway, it came with stickers. So I learned that our production team had made stickers. I had had a chance in uh, multiple hackathons to see sort of that stickers really opened up this interesting space. And so I was intrigued by the idea of was there something we could do with stickers? Um, so I went and talked to our production people, and, and I, so I, what I said to them is, here was my goal. This is what I wanted out of stickers. Um, I wanted stickers that you could put on cards that would peel off the cards that wouldn't harm the cards, like so that if you were stickering, it wasn't permanent. It wasn't like, in the legacy version, we were forever changing the cards. Once you stickered it, there was no intent the sticker came off. But I'm like, could we do a lighter glue? I wanted to do a sticker that went on the card, but then would come off the card, and it wouldn't harm the card. Um, and the idea was that you could put it on multiple times. Uh, I sort of compared it to Post-it Note. Turns out the glue in the actual product is a little stronger than post I mean, it comes off your card. It's a little bit stronger than Post-it Note, it turned out. Um, from, but, but it's something that can go on and off multiple times, and it doesn't harm the card. Um, so I went to um, Tom, Tom Wanderstrand, who you might know as an artist of magic, uh, oversees our production. Uh, there's a whole team that sort of figures out cardstock and like like the, the actual, the act of printing things and making things. So what I learned from stickers was we could do stickers. Um, and the way stickers worked is that you put stickers on kind of like a card sheet. And then you sort of, uh, there's a device that punched, made an imprint. Because with stickers, you want to peel them off and you want sort of then to be cut around the sticker. And so what I learned was it, the way stickers would work is we would have a grid of space that for magic cards I think was 6 by 8 so 48 cards. Uh, and then each card individually, Like it's not that you have an individual die line. You have a die line for all the cards together that makes sense. I mean, you print them as a 6 by 8 thing, and then every card's in the exact same place every time you print it, and you make one giant die cut, if you will. So, what that means is that you're going to print them on a sheet, um, and there's a sticker stock, so you have to print them on sticker stock, and then this die cut comes, and it cuts it so that now uh, they peel off, you know, it cuts around the shape, if that makes sense. So anyway, I talked with Tom, I got a sense of what we could do, um, and we we could put four color on the stickers, meaning they could be in full, sorry, um when you, when you print, you want to print about how many colors you can print in. We had access to full-color printing. Um, like I said, they had um, they had made stickers before. Wizards had made stickers before in a different product. So we had some expertise with stickers. Not in a magic booster. I and mean, there were challenges to making um, a sticker sheet on a magic card, sort of. Uh, or at least something that was the size of a magic card. So there were, ch- there were challenges. And I wanted it to be glue that came off and went back on again. So that was a little bit different. Um... But anyway, I talked with Tom. He and I figured out the parameters of what we could do. Um, the other thing that was really important for me with stickers was that I want... I want, um, whenever I make an unset, to have high variance. I want the stickers to be... Or, sorry, not stickers. I, the, the one of the things about casual play, so another real quick thing, uh, is variance is something that tends to be a lot of fun. Uh, and what I mean by variance is just uh, something can happen, but there's a range of things that can happen. And the way I like to think about it is, let's say you play with a deck. You make a deck and you play 10 games with it. How different will those games be? Um, the lower the variance, the more exactly the games will play out. The games will have you know, a low variance game. They play out exactly the same. High variance, they play out very differently. Normally, in sort of traditional, you know, tournament magic, we want to keep variance to a certain level. Not no variants, we get some variants, and shuffling cards is obviously variance as well. Um, but we, we try to keep our variance to, to a certain level because we want skill to matter in high-end tournament play. We want someone to win the game because they're the more skilled opponent, and not because, oh, somebody got lucky, Right. You know, we don't want, like, the world championship coming down to somebody flipping a coin or something, right? We, w- we want it to be something in which skill wins the day. But one of the things we know from game design is that variance is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? Uh, and so what we—one um, of my maxims for unsets has always been, um, just as uh, it's the spectrum of the highest amount of social play, I always want it to be the highest amount of variance, because variance is tons of fun. It's a lot of fun not to know what's going to happen. And there's a lot of exciting moments of variance. And once we get away from the competitive play part of it, like this product is designed specifically not to be in competitive play, I'm like, I'm gonna up the variance. I want variance to be high. So one of the ways whenever you make variance high is you want a lot of possibility for different things to happen. So when um, Tom Wanderstrand told me that we were gonna have 48 different sticker sheets I knew from then and there, I didn't want to repeat things. I wanted the stickers to be all different. That was my plan. Um, and we knew from looking at a sticker sheet that you could you could get a bunch of stickers on it. And so, you know, the big thing that I was trying to figure out was, okay, I knew I could get a whole bunch of stickers on it. I knew we could be in full color. I knew we had lots of printing we can do. Um, I knew that we could make them... Re- or Tom had every belief that he could make them stickable. We had to prove it. There was testing to do. But Tom was very confident he could do that. Um, mostly because it has to do with the, uh, what they call the tackiness of the glue, which is how sticky is the glue, essentially. And um, you, glue is one of the things you can control. So it was, it, it was just a matter of how tacky did we want the glue. Um, anyway, so we went into exploratory design. And what I said to the team is, look, I don't know what we're doing with the stickers, I don't know how the stickers are going to tie into this retro science you know the retro science fiction carnival amusement park um circus like i didn't know how it was all going to tie together but i said exploratory i'm really i'm intrigued by stickers i think stickers are a cool component and kind of what we want to do in unsets is push in space we've never pushed before do something we've never done before Uh, and i know stickers is a little bit out there but on some level I feel the unsets aren't doing something you go, what? Like, then unsets aren't being unsets, right? I have to do something where you're a little taken away that we're pushing things a little in new space that we haven't pushed before. Um, and so I knew that we wanted to do that. And so what I did is I started an exploratory design. I just said to my team, okay, you can do whatever you want with the stickers. No holds barred. All, all I'm telling you is there's a sticker sheet. okay, I, I said the following. There's going to be one of... Instead of a card, we're going to have a sticker sheet that's going to be on a card but have stickers on it. There can be multiple stickers on it. They can be however big you want them to be within the confi- confines of fitting on a card. Um, they are multi. You know, they can be multi. They can be colored. Um, what do you want to do with it? What can we do? And so, a lot of, of exploratory was just blue sky design, as we call it, for stickers. Um So, one of the things that's really interesting is the team really, like, like, obviously the the low-hanging fruit of stickers is you sticker cards. Um, But the team wasn't restricted to that. Like, for example, Annie was the first one that just said, what if I just sticker objects? That's how um, animate object came about. What if I just sticker an object? Uh, You know, I I think it was hand sanitizer. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to turn my hand sanitizer into a, a, a token creature. Uh, and attack you, and and that was just it was just sort of like really out of the box thinking that was very exciting for us. Um, we talked about stickers going on players, maybe much like curses or something. Maybe you could put it on a player and it, it signifies something about the player. Um, we use stickers to attach cards. Maybe you know you sticker two cards together, and now these cards are attached in some way. Um, we 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 explored a lot of really outer bounds cool stuff. And a few little things like animated objects stuck around. Um, but the space that we were most like most intrigued by, which, like I said, a lot of times when we call something the low-hanging fruit, just being obvious doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Um, so we looked a lot about, okay, if I can stick around cards, what do I want to stick around cards? Um, and essentially there were a couple major categories. Uh, the first big thing we could do was we could add things to cards, right? Um, we could... Well, we, we could either change things on cards or we could add things to cards. Those are the two biggest things we could do. Um, we could also remove things from cards either by covering them up or by, like, for a while we just had blank things and all you did is just, like, we, we played those mechanics we tried at one point where you were taking out words. Um, the problem we found with the taking out words thing, by the way, was every once in a while there was something cool you could do with it that you can remove a word. But a lot of times it just, you didn't know what happened is, like, the rule system is not so robust that I can just take out a word from any card and just go, well, clearly there's an answer to what happens here. Um, But anyway, mostly replacing, like, things being replacing or additive were the two things that were the most, um, showed the most potential, right? Like, I could add something to the card that wasn't there before, or I could take something on the card and, and change it. So what we did basically is we said, okay, what is everything on a magic card? What could I replace? What could I add? Um, And we sort of wrote down all the different aspects of the card. Um, And pretty much... I mean... Essentially what we found is... There was the name. There was the mana cost. There was the art. There was the card type line. There was the rules text. There was the flavor text. There was the power of the toughness. And there was a few minor things like collector number or... You know, artist credit. Um, In the end, what we found was... um, Anything that was too minor, like collector number, just it wouldn't come up enough. So, let me walk through what happened. Names we found to be interesting, and one of the things we're always looking for is what are effects that we can do. In, like, remember, when we first started making the set, uh, it was all it was a total, you know, it was an unset in the sense that no card we played ever in any tournament format. Um, so when we started inventing this and we were working early on, we we had no idea the eternal path that would happen later on, we didn't know that yet. Um, So, we, um, names were something that we could care about that normal, you know, normal magic can't. Uh, One of the rules about uh, sort of the normal rules is that all cards must be equivalent to their English version. Uh, And so all cards with the same name are equivalent to the English version. And what that meant is, if I have Grizzly Bear, it doesn't matter what set Grizzly Bear is from. Grizzly Bear might be reprinted lots of times. So anything that might be different between different printings of Grizzly Bear uh, or, or any, you know, any card that might have multiple printings can't be something we mechanically care about. Well, cards will have different art and artists. Cards can have different expansion symbols. Cards can have different watermarks. Car- you know, they're, they're just things that aren't the same between cards. So magic normally can't care about rarity, can't care about watermarks. Um, also... We need to treat all cards the same regardless of language and all of them function the same as the English language card. So for that reason, we sort of can't care about names or at least we can care about whether it's name A or not and whether it's, you know, is it name blah? That that we can care about. Oh, if blah's in place, something happens. You can care about it as a whole entity. What you can't care about is, are there two words in it? Does it start with a certain letter? Qualities in the name you can't care about. Um, so one of the things that we were looking at stickers, one of the things about name stickers was, hey, names is something that we can care about mechanically, so that's kind of cool because um, changing names could mechanically matter because we'll care about names. So names seem good. Mana value, the problem with mana value is mana value wouldn't mean anything unless you could sticker people's cards in their hand. Um, and... Ma- mana is sort of, you know, there's a certain amount of safety valve to mana. Mana is a means to make sure that things don't break. So messing with mana, both the card You'd have to mess with things in your hand, and, we, and we, we like to keep information secret, but, like, if you're going to sticker something, you kind of have to know what they're stickering and stuff. Um, so it, mana presented a bunch of problems, uh, both in sort of execution and in balanced, you know, play design issues. So we decided not to do mana value. Um, art seem flavorful and cool, and much like names, we can care about art in unsets in a way that you, you just can't care about in normal sets. Um, the other problem with art is there's some subjectivity and you know rules for tournament purposes do not like subjectivity. But when it's fun casual play, you know, is that a hat? I's it not a hat? You know some of those conversations can be fun in a more casual setting. Um, so and, and also, we knew that if you're going to make stickers, one of the funnest things to do with stickers is art stickers. Like, we, we understood the, the com- the, how compelling art stickers are, right? It's just a lot of fun to f- put stickers on things. Um, so art seemed cool. Um, card type was one of those things that it just didn't matter enough. Uh, changing the card type wasn't super relevant and, and, again, caused some rules issues we had to explain. Like, yeah, I, I mean, oh, the other thing we decided, uh, I, I think, super, super early on, in fact, this might have been when we started Exploratory Design, was this idea, um, or early on, I'm not sure when we officially decided this, but we decided that we didn't want you stickering other people's cards, that even though we were going to make it safe to sticker, other people might feel uncomfortable, and we didn't want you, like, we didn't want you messing with other people's cards if they didn't feel comfortable about it. We didn't think, we didn't think that was okay. So, we, um, we said you can't sticker other people's cards. So, uh, when you started getting into, like, card types, like, you can change your own card types, but what does that mean? And if you turn your creature to not a creature, well, then it can't attack. What's the value to that? Um, so, card types just, and you couldn't do your opponent. Like, the most valuable thing is I turn your creature into an artifact, and so now it can't attack. But if I can't sticker your cards, then it didn't mean anything. So, card type just didn't have enough function to it. Uh and um card subtype. Um we just didn't have enough cards that mattered. Like, yeah, you could change creature type, but there wasn't a lot of cards that you know, like the set didn't care about creature type too much. I mean a little bit on individual cards, but not enough and you know, it, it just didn't make enough sense. And we wanted these we wanted the stickers to matter most of the time. Uh rules text, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do with rules text. That made a lot of sense. Those are cool things. You could add abilities and stuff. Um Flavor Text, we talked about it, um, that it might be fun to make Flavor Text that you put on cards, but it was sort of like y- changing Flavor Text didn't mean much. Like, we can care about Flavor Text. There are cards in the set that care about Flavor Text, but it wasn't like changing Flavor Text did all that much. So we, we did talk about having Flavor Text for a while. It just didn't seem like it was relevant enough. Um, and also changing Flavor Text while well might be... I guess in a vacuum fun. It just, it, it, it proved to be something that just didn't have the impact a lot of other choices had. Uh, and then the last thing was power toughness. Yeah, that had, that had a huge impact. So when the dust settled, we realized there were four things that were relevant, which was name, art, um, ability stickers, and power toughness. Um, anyway, guys, uh, so one of the things definitely about Unfinity uh, is going to be I have a lot of depth of information and there's, I know a lot about it so there will be a bunch of different podcasts in fact this is part one and I'm at work and I'm, I have barely got through stickers so uh, there will be a lot of podcasts on Unfinity just because I have a great amount of detail on it um, but anyway guys I'm literally not part at work so we're going to wrap up our story right now we're gonna, we, we, we get to the point of figuring out what the four stickers are for the sticker sheets and we'll stop our story right here uh, but I will pick up and tell lots more on un, Unfinity un, stories uh, and I will continue telling the story of its design uh, in future podcasts. But anyway, guys, I'm now parked, so we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.